You know what it is, black and snurdy, black and snurdy, black and snurdy, black and snurdy. You know who it is, black and snurdy, black and snurdy, black and snurdy, black and snurdy. Odi Mari Sodi Mari Mari Sodi Mari Sodi. Black and snurdy, black and snurdy, black and snurdy, black and snurdy. Hey oh. Yes mo. Are you ready? Let's go. Black and snurdy, black and snurdy, black and snurdy, black and snurdy. It's the Black and Snurdy Podcast with Odie and Maurice. We're back. We, we did it. We did it. We successfully returned to the podcast. That First of all, I want to say that we should clap that up for ourselves because... Thank you. <laughs> Actually, nothing was played because oh. I had the volume down, but it's oh, all good. Okay. Air horn. <laughs> There we go. Um, I think that this is, we should just give us a high, socially distance high five. Yes. Boom. So just uh, clapping the air. Because I think that starting something is one thing, being able to continue it after a brief hiatus of vacation mm-hmm. is um, is really uh, notable for us. And honestly, I want to say, like, you know that I have my other podcast, mm-hmm. but um, I have not really been going back to it yeah since i took my last pandemic break Mm -hmm. but us doing this every week um has been encouraging me to get back into it which is really dope um and i feel like if we can if i can get if we can commit to this then i can commit to that and still be like just, you know, keeping my word to myself. Fantastic. Now, just for a little bit of context for the listeners, by the time you listen to this, it'll literally just be from the last episode to this episode. <laughs> but uh, in real time, when we are actually recording this, we had a bit of a three-ish, four-ish week hiatus uh, because yeah. Odie uh, went on vacation. To California, love. Okay, we're, we're going to get copyright striked if we keep singing it. I got to <laughs> no, pitch that up complete, later. We're completely not singing the melody or anything at all. Definitely. I don't think that they're going... Do you literally have to choose violence at every How is that violent? Point? I don't know what that violence is, anyway, but I will I, will I was go in ahead California. I went to go visit one it. of my friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was in Sacramento, and we just were like, um, she's fully vaccinated. I'm halfway vaccinated, soon to be fully vaccinated. Mm-hmm. It's best of this week. Um, but Congratulations. Thank you. For being halfway there. Um, well, 60%, so a little bit more. But... Um, she lives in Sacramento, so I went to go see her. I hadn't seen her in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, you know, no one's really been able to see pretty much anyone. And so mm-hmm. um, I felt safe to go to the, take the plane. Thankfully, like, I took JetBlue on my way there. Mm-hmm. Really great. Nobody was in my seat. Shout out to JetBlue. Yes. Just one time. You only get half of only the half, one. Yeah. Uh, because, well, one, do you know for, for long-haul flights, which I consider... Excuse me, long haul, anything between five to six hours, longer than five or six hours. Sure. They give you like regular snacks, okay. but they don't give you like a sandwich. So you have to purchase that. And those sandwiches that you have to purchase were not even available for purchase because of whatever panorama shit has going on. So then all you could buy were these basically like shark coochie boards mm-hmm. of cheese and maybe a lean meat. Which I'm like, I don't want to eat that. I'm literally hungry. But thank God I had like just came from brunch with my family. So I was able to be full. But like, damn, 
Anyway, and they don't let you have a free bag anymore. That was the whole thing that JetBlue had. Free bags. Now you got to check in a bag, $35. What is the shenanigans? Anyway, I went to California. Mm-hmm. It was great. I went to Sacramento. Went to Monterey. Went to San Francisco and Oakland, which that was my favorite part, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, went to Napa. And then went back to Sacramento. And it was just a really good um, break from New York. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the air was just really crisp. Mm-hmm. California people are really cool and <laughs> the crisp chill. California people. Honestly, I'm about to. I'm. I'm going to leave. The title of this episode is going to be "Popping Peas Left and Right." <laughs> pee 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 popping on the popping. Yes. Um. So tell me about the crisp potato California people. Well, I want to say the thing about California mm-hmm. is that I have not gotten. From other states outside of New York, obviously, um, is the great food culture. Um, you yep. know, of course, you know t- uh, tacos or Mexican food. Yes, yes, Tex sure. Mex yeah, or just straight Not up Mex. Tex Mex because that would that would be, be in Texas. Yes, I mean, although there are some places in California that do specialize in Tex Mex. Didn't mean to interrupt you. Wait for it. Continue. <laughs> yes, um, but I had really good food uh, from tacos mm-hmm. to Italian food. Really great seafood. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I had anything like I didn't have anything like super different outside of like what I might normally eat. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't. Well, I didn't get any Eritrean food, which is very very popular in Oakland. Okay. Um, or like any soul food, but I just had a lot of tacos and Mex- just Mexican food in general. Did you have anything that was like very specifically regional to California? Um. Well, okay. I well, I had a. The most interesting thing that I ate that is regional to in a way to California mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. was were these uh, lengua or beef tongue tacos. Oh, okay. That I got from this taco truck mm-hmm. in um, Oakland, mm-hmm. which and I found out while we were there that this is a, that it's allegedly like the part of Oakland that I guess like tourists don't really come or like like it was also considered like the hood. Okay, um, so you went to the hood in Oakland. Yes, I did, and it was the best taco that I've ever I had out. Well, one of the top top tacos. Yes, top that I had top ten there. tacos, number four, beef tongue. Um, but no, just the taco place in general, like the taco truck. It was such a like Cali moment. I felt like I was in Insecure and I was Issa Rae. Mm-hmm. Um, they even had the little orange like tables where I always feel like in movie th- movies about California, they always have these like outdoor seating at the taco trucks, mm-hmm. and it just makes things taste even better. Mm-hmm. And there we had a very random interaction with these Middle Eastern guys who were trying to pick us up. Mm-hmm. It was a very it was a night for the books. Fantastic. Um, but yeah, I had a great time, That's and I'm great. glad to be back here, able to chat with you. And most importantly, mm-hmm. I got super chocolatey when I was in California. I yeah, you do look more enriched. I would say. Thank you very much. Before um, you looked like a Nestle powder. Now you look like the <laughs> when you actually stir up the chocolate syrup into the actual milk. Thank you very much. Like heavy um, ladled. <laughs> lots of lots of vitamin D. Mm-hmm. I will say. I got a lot of great use of my black girl sunscreen. Mm. Go buy that brand. You can get it online. They get you can also purchase it. Purchase a uh, candle if you get the little box. Mm-hmm. And it was like thirty five dollars, which was really great. Oh yeah, I'm sure we'll include that in the notes that we'll have for this episode. But it does sound like you had a really good time in California. Oh my I gosh. for the what? 
What's I up? just realized there was one place that I, I felt like was so great. Mm-hmm. It was called The Butter House in Monterey, and it was a breakfast place. Mm-hmm. And it was a uh, Filipino AAPI, like, mat- well, sorry. Not they were AAPI, but they were Filipino and Islander, mm-hmm. Pacific Islander, and it was such a great breakfast place. I had lumpia for the first time, which is kind of like a similar to like a spring roll, mm-hmm. uh, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a crab cake, eggs Benedict mm-hmm. with avocado, amazing, and everything on there was so good. I can't wait to go back, and I hope the next time that I go back, they have like an even bigger location. That was it. it. That's fantastic. It sounds like your trip from New York to California, the highlight seemed to be various meals that you ate. Oh, so of course. shout out to you. Yes. Uh, when, I mean, I saw some other cool stuff, went to the museum and all that. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a third of that book, the Eat, Pray, Love. So, I mean, most really times knock eat out of the park. <laughs> when I travel, mm-hmm. I the main things are. I'm going to find a bunch of good things to eat. Mm-hmm. I would like to do some sort of walking tour so I can actually see the city. Mm-hmm. Um, probably, and also, like, then find a museum. Okay. Like, um, those are, finding a museum, doing some sort of walking tour, and eating things are my main things to do in a city. Mm-hmm. And then I find, like, if, then depending on what type of atmosphere mm-hmm. they have, like, I do other cool things. But mm-hmm. if you go, when you travel somewhere and the food's not good, that's really shitty. Yeah, I guess that puts a damper on the whole vibe of the trip. I guess that makes sense. But that's fantastic to hear. Thank you. Yeah. Um, As did you want to hear about what I did while you uh, were jet setting off to an entirely different coast? Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. I mean, yes, I would like (laughs) to know what you were doing while I was gone. Okay. Well, I mean, hey, don't don't make me uh uh bend your arm. To really get this information out for you. I, well, you know, I, one and foremost, as my friend, I missed you. So, you you know, when you went off, I I decided to spend the majority of that time just sort of like exercising and learning a lot more about GarageBand. Uh Uh, We're sadly in the home stretch as far as lockdown is concerned. Mm -hmm. And... Everything right now, it's the just the beginning of sort of like the summertime where people are starting to dip their toes out into social, non-social distancing, non-wearing masks because there's no longer a mandate for it or, or the world in general. Everything is opening back up. And after the summer, it'll probably be the next few steps when it comes to no longer working from home, people having to go back into the office in some way, shape, or form. So during this time, I've been exercising like crazy in ways where I literally would not be able to if I'm in a cooped up in an office building yeah. all day. Unless that office building has a built-in gym, which it doesn't, but side note, the company that I work for might just try to do some bullshit like that to entice people to stay in the office longer. That's I'm on to your do. I'm on to your psychology. Just because you have a freaking bumper pool table doesn't mean that I'm gonna stay past six o'clock to get more reports done for the next day. My time is my time. Get out of here. So I spent that time just sort of bettering myself, uh exercise. And learning a little bit more about GarageBand. There might be a section in this podcast episode where I make somebody's voice sound like they're on a telephone. Ooh, Chekhov's telephone voice. (laughs) Is that how the voice is going to sound? No, no. But uh, let's say this section right here, this is exactly how it's going to sound. 
I'm really going to commit myself to remembering to do this in editing. Um, but enough about that. Why don't we get to the fun stuff that we missed with the, our pop culture section? All right. So what do we have first? Well, I feel like there's something very important that we need to talk about. Mm. Um, I don't know if you are aware of the the bonnet situation, um, bonnet gate. Mm. Um, I am not. What is bonnet gate? Basically, a few weeks ago, I don't remember when it was exactly because it's just kind of been making its way around social media. Mm-hmm. There was a picture of women at the airport all in bonnets, and they were black women, of course. Okay. And, of course, someone took a picture of them and went to social media and was like, why, of course, they all are in bonnets, like, trying to shame them. Mm-hmm. And so that has spurred this whole, like, other thing, like, people are doing these think pieces, which, you know, I hate because they're dumb, but think pieces and open letters mm-hmm. about whether bonnets are is okay to wear at work if they're not or outside of the house if they if they are okay to wear outside of the house now or quick not. just for a little bit of context are these people who are creating these think pieces about if they shouldn't not hold on did this start because some of some white chican- chicanery or some white confusion I just no, want to know it was black where. A black well from what I from what I know mm-hmm. a black person posted up the picture and was like why do black women have to be out here in the bonnets making us Oh, it's one of it those. It was that type of thing. Okay, it's and one of those. And then everybody started giving their own per- personal opinions. Mm. Monique weighed in with a problematic opinion. Auntie mm-hmm. Monique, love you, but it was very problematic. What did she say? Um, she basically was like, you know, what does she call people? Bloves, beloveds, beloveds. Yeah, I feel like all older black women, of like forty-five and above, call people beloveds. Which is strange if you've definitely seen. Uh, yeah, because that movie was <laughs> fucking. So scary and sad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, whatever. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, she got on her regular IGTV, mm-hmm. uh, but she wasn't dressed up. She was in, like, a robe talking about, I want you to love yourselves, beloved. My, my, my babies. That's what she calls us, my babies. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you know, I love you for real, but I just feel like when you go out, you need to be putting on your, your best self mm-hmm. and, you know, da-da-da. Just, like... Putting in that whole, like, when you look good, you feel good, and we need to make sure that when people are seeing us, they're giving us respect because we look good. It's just respectability politics. Uh, yeah. I And you know what the funny thing is? Like, it's, or maybe, I don't know if it's irony or it's funny, but it's weird that, it's, either way, it's weird that it's Monique saying this after her whole, like, Netflix campaign of, like, how is it that, you know, Amy Schumer and her mush face, got, uh, whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that whole thing. But we're on some respectability politics, you know? So. But I think it's also, someone tweeted this. I'm sorry, I forgot who it is, but they mm-hmm. were like, um, you know, Monique, black women in bonnets mm. are literally how you gained your your uh, platform. Yeah, and I mean, I definitely watched every single episode of The Parkers. Do you know, every I was not allowed, like, The Parkers episode. was one of those shows I was not allowed to watch because my mom said it gave a negative stereotype about black women. It really did. It, like, I mean, it gave the impression that y'all all have one white friend who well, goes I to mean, school with you. When you, uh, jokes, jokes, jokes. when you think about the show, I, re- I just remember during the, like, the intro, I feel like they were crawling on the ground in, like, these animal print, like, tight clothes. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was just, like, a funny kind of show, even though sometimes I was, like, it is weird that she's, like, 
it was like kind of every stereotype about black women. Yeah. About especially bigger, darker skinned black women. Thirsting they can't after... get a, they can't get a man. They're always thirsting after somebody and hot to trot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they are loud and ghetto and and don't have any sense. And for some reason, always uh, somehow getting involved in some multi-layer pyramid scheme. Because <laughs> that's definitely like an entire arc. Of yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, you know, n- nobody likes them because they're big. They hate skinny women. Mm-hmm. Like just all of those. So, I mean, looking right. I mean, most of those 90s UPN shows <laughs> when mm-hmm. you watch them back are a bit problematic. But it is just very ironic, as you said, that she's the one coming out with that. But. Um, I remember there's a group on Facebook that I'm in now called Bonnet Con mm-hmm. because black women were just like, you know, it was a variety, you know, the responses of people who were like pro bonnet. Mm-hmm. It was just like a mere, like just myriad of answers of either. I don't, I may not wear bonnets outside, but I don't really give a fuck if someone's wearing them. I do wear bonnets outside and mm-hmm. I'm a fucking doctor. So who the fuck cares? And just like being, why are black women always being policed? Right. Yes. Um, and so that was, that it was the, the whole thing with that was the crux of it. Do you, uh, did you hear that the, uh, previous president was pro bonnet? Are you talking about Barack Obama? No, I'm talking about Barack Obama. Anyhow. Okay. uh, All right. Let's keep going. I don't even have the the appropriate (laughs) drop. (laughs) I don't even know what could be the appropriate drop for that. Oh, easy. And I'm going to mark. Ah, Maurice, put it in right here. Oh, brother, this guy stinks! That's the one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But what else do we got on the pop culture list? Okay, let's see. I did see... Okay, so this one is actually not, you know, humorous, but it is very interesting. I would talk about um, uh, Naomi leaving the French Open. You want to fill us in with that? Ah, okay. So... Naomi Osaka had been fined by the French Tennis Association because she, at one of the previous matches she had declined speaking to the media. So she basically had given the reason that it's not good for her mental health to yeah. be talking to people who are doubting her. And it's basically, you know, pouring salt in the wound if you lose or, like, just kind of bring you down. It's similar to, remember, I don't know if you've seen that commercial or either Venus or Serena Williams at, like, 14, and the journalist keeps asking her, like, what makes you think that you're the best? And her father's like, she already gave you an answer. She's 14. You mm-hmm. don't need to keep asking these questions. Mm-hmm. And I I thought about that when I thought of when initially she came out and spoke about... um the situation and it's like from that not speaking with the press now she's penalized and she's fined and she was basically like fine find me mm-hmm. i hope you put the money to charity towards mental health for athletes or whatever right and so following that she decided that she was going to withdraw and take her dope ass reason why people buy tickets self mm-hmm. Out of the tournament because she didn't need it. And I think that it was kind of not surprising to me because I remember uh, this was a few months ago. She was I forget which tournament it was where she had bowed out because she was saying she missed her family back home. Right. And so, you know, she's been, I feel like, taking care of herself um, mentally for this last year, mm-hmm. um, which she has to because she's so young. Yeah. But she has been dealing with 
this backbiting kind of press situation yeah. for so long. I feel like just even in general, I guess this isn't really in general, but when it comes to black athletes mm-hmm. who are just superior in whatever field or sport they're in, there's the initial pressure of being the literal best of your division, of your field, of your game, of your sport, what have you. And then there's the added other pressure of being black while being at the top of your game. And then everything racially that comes with it, like all of this, are you as good as uh, Anna Konnikova, whatever uh, corn, you know, whatever her bullshit name is. Every time Serena Williams, who would knock the fuck out of uh, Anna, (laughs) Anna Kendrick Kova, whatever the fuck her name is like, but all of us, but every single time that Serena Williams is doing something that has nothing to do with her, like they keep bringing her up yeah. as if they're even in the same, they're in the same sport, not the same league, sis. So just having, at least witnessing the fact that she is being mindful to look after her mental health, look after the things that she prides herself on, like her family, uh, that's fuck you money to be able to say, I'll pay the fine in order to have uh, a good sense of self. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that when you're talking about black women athletes having so much of a more of a struggle, I don't know if you had heard uh, about Simone Biles. I think it was about a, a week or two ago. She was performing at like the preliminary events for the upcoming uh, Tokyo Olympic uh, finals. Mm. Uh, and she did a like a triple Uchenko double pike, triple pike, which mm. is something that is, has been like. The only other person to even get like a 1.5 Uchenko was like Simone, well, not Simone Biles, Dominique Dawes, mm-hmm. and it was so difficult that they they penalized Dominique for doing it and banned the banned the move because none of the white people were getting it, and then um, <laughs> like basically, and so when Simone Biles did one recently, mm-hmm. they gave her like a 6.5 out of 10 because they were like. Well, it was too difficult, and if if people think that she gets higher scores for that, they're gonna be trying to do it and might hurt themselves. And so, when they asked her, "Well, why would you do it if she's so if it's so difficult?" She was like, "Because I can." Yeah. Why would I not? And so it's like, to for them to be now in this way of like pushing back about Naomi wanting to protect her her mental health. Mm-hmm. Why would you do this? And all these like think pieces mm. because she can, yeah. because who else not only like, she has both been going up against the top regular top mm-hmm. greatest players, but also she's defeated Serena Williams at least once or twice mm-hmm. in no twice. Cause the most recent one was this last year. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you know that you can beat the person who's basically unbeatable, mm-hmm. unless it's like they're having a terrible day, mm-hmm. you are going to do shit that people probably without that type of, um, platform and, and, privilege mm-hmm. are going to do. She already has made enough money to support herself and her family. Mm-hmm. She has endorsements. She has her new play league. That's bringing tennis to girls in Oakland or, mm-hmm. and in, or sorry, in LA and in Haiti. Mm-hmm. It's like, there's no way that she's going to be like 10 years from now, whether or not she still wants to play tennis or not. Mm-hmm. She's good. Like financially. Yeah. She's solid. She's also like, I also just in general believe that when they go about penalizing these 
individuals who are clearly the best and most importantly, who are drawing eyes on your sport because we are there to support them. All that really does is shoot them in the fucking foot. Yeah. Like it, anytime. Remember, uh, look, all I will say is that I didn't give two squirts about the French <laughs> Open until um, she was performing. And, and then I'm actually just sitting there kind of watching it on my phone, you know? Yeah. Now that she's out, I'm bowed out too. I'll just go back to watching WWE's shitty episodes <laughs> of Raw on Monday night. Do you want to know the best part? What? That she bowed out of the French Open mm. on the last day of like, it was like Amer- Haitian American Heritage Month Woo! or Haitian Flag Day. Mm-hmm. You can, you can put Shout it out to Haitian Flag Day. Sac passe, ma boule. Um, so it was it was that just added the cherry on top because I don't know if you know this, but France had Haiti paying reparations to them mm-hmm. for losing the war. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've still been basically doing a bunch of imperialist bullshit on the island. Well, of course, um, to try to pay them back for becoming the first Black Republic on the Western Hemisphere mm-hmm. because. Black people are dope as fuck mm-hmm. since forever and have always been beating the odds since forever. Um, so, yeah, that's what happened with her. And I'm just really. and But you know what? A lot of all the people, uh, movie stars, uh, other athletes, even Stephen A. Smith was not was yelling about how great she is. Mm-hmm. You know, he loves to yell. Yeah, but he was like, you know, opened up about his own depression and why it's important for her to be able to have this platform to spread awareness and I thought it was like she's having solidarity at the very least mm-hmm. from black people and some others mm-hmm. so I feel like she's good and I'm I'm glad that she's taking a stand because it's very important a lot of these athletes they they start out so young and then at once they're 30 plus and maybe they're not playing anymore mm-hmm. you kind of get swept to the side look at what happened to Allen Iverson one of our greatest basketball players but yet and still it was like financially really in dire straits until most recently where I think that he, people started looking at his story and, and kind of like, what can we do to help? Mm-hmm. But they don't care about you. Mm-hmm. They just care about what you can do for them, the money that you can bring in, mm-hmm. which is why they don't care about football and CTE. Mm-hmm. They don't care about, you know, these players being taken advantage of mm-hmm. in any of the sports by their accountants and all that. Mm-hmm. Like they leave them to basically squander after they're done pumping them out of everything that they could even do mm-hmm. so i'm all here for it and i love it congratulations naomi on being a badass shout out to you again naomi now i feel like it is about time for us to talk about what apparently is one of my favorite recurring uh topics up on here because recently swizz beats and timbaland had a versus oh, over yes. memorial day shout out to memorial day not the actual holiday. I want to make that very clear. I mean the ability to go to the beach because the beach is open but up on Memorial Day. But we should be happy about Memorial Day specifically because it was actually black slaves or black enslaved people mm-hmm. who started the first Memorial Day because mm-hmm. they were burying black soldiers of the Civil War. Mm. So we can acknowledge the dopeness of our forefathers and our ancestors in being able to say, like, we fought for this country, we've built this country Thank you for your service without also like being like, yes, we're a dope imperialist country who loses g- great people who could be alive today if we weren't being such a warmonger. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, well, I duality. I didn't know that. So, uh, dope. We made Memorial Day, y'all. Yeah. 
and that's kids cheering. <laughs> now, um, but yeah, so going back to the thing that I was saying, I believe we were talking about Swiss Beats and yes. Timberland who had their versus round two on Memorial Day. I didn't I didn't I did see round one, but I did not watch it this past Memorial Day. I believe it is available on the Versus channel on Twitter on YouTube. No, no, what is that? They're on that thing, Thriller. That's their new new Right. That's where you place that you could broadcast it. That's where you could broadcast it live. You could also watch I think they put up the full ones after like either a few days or a week after they do it brought live on their actual channel. Okay. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's how I had to watch the Alicia Keys John Legend performance. I still after. haven't seen that one. I oh. feel like I was gonna fall asleep. You was know it what? Good? It is really good. We'll, Wait, was Alicia Keys singing live or was it? They were both recorded? in the same room. They were both basically dueling pianos. Oh, but was she singing? Yes, she was. Like they were both like. Oh, I mean, yeah, they were actually singing because they were on their piano singing. Yeah, well, either way, that has nothing... Well, no, that is not true. It is very relatable to... Uh, because it falls under verses. So, apparently, this past weekend was Memorial Day Round 2, Swizz Beats versus To Live, Quali, and that's not who it was. <laughs> I mean, definitely not. Actually, I was... I will, as a side note, I will say that most deaf in To Live, Quali would be like a fine, chill sort of verses. But, but it's but he's it's super problematic, beat. and we no longer can support him because he bullies Ta- black women. Talib Kweli or yeah. Mosta? No, Talib Kweli. Okay, and you know what the funny thing is? I have no problem with a uh, uh, not listening to a Talib Kweli verse because no one, no one can name a freaking Talib Kweli verse from beginning to end. Oh, oh you can't. might be able to name the song or whatever, and I only really remember that because of that one line in "Get 'Em High" on Kanye West's song where he's like, uh, "Talib." Talib Kweli's lyrics stick to your ribs. That's none. That has never been a freaking line from Talib Kweli that's stuck in my brain, let alone yeah, my ribs. Same. Anyhow, um, but yeah, it was the Timberland versus Swiss Beats uh, versus, and apparently at certain points, Swiss Beats took shots at uh, good old Justin Timberlake. Do you want me to read what he said? Yes. Okay, so basically, Timberland started playing um, one of his songs, some of his songs he did with Justin. Uh, Cry Me a River and Sexy Back. And then Swizz was like, until you can get Justin on verses, I don't really want to hear those vocals. And he was like, he got it. Um, he was like, Justin, let the world know that he, Justin got to come out. He's coming out. And I was like, well, I know it's Pride Month. What, what way does he have to come out? But he said okay. he got to admit that he loved black culture and he got to be on this stage. You took from the black culture, you got to give to the black culture. Mm. Come to verses and be a part of black culture. And um, afterwards, uh, Timberlake, or sorry, um, Tim, yeah, oh, they know this website so has we're, it misspelled. Timberland mm-hmm. came on uh, his IG live to defend Justin and was like, "You went, you did went, oh God, you went a little hard on my brother JT though. You went too hard, man." And then Swiss Beats was just like, "Look, man, I had to go hard. Did you hear how that song was sounding on that stage? You and JT, it was like JT in the building. I was like, man, I don't got no problem with JT. Don't got no problem with nobody. Shout out to JT. We can't wait to get you on the stage having fun because you deserve it too. And um, 
just as a side note, they dedicated this versus to DMX and Aaliyah because they worked with them a lot. And obviously, RIP DMX and Aaliyah. RIP DMX and Aaliyah. I seriously wonder if that's the only reason why he has collaborated with Justin so many times. It's because <laughs> they both have timber in their last and their names and shit. Because <laughs> you were over there stumbling Timberland no, and Timberland the, in the, the article. Website, yeah. They misspelled it probably because that's a, as a person who writes things, mm-hmm. I can imagine thinking Timberland and actually putting Timberlake. It's only a two letter difference. Yeah, of course. Um. So now what are your thoughts on this whole Swiss? Did you feel like he was coming for him? Did, did, is it as uh, scandalous as they made it seem on the shade room? Well, it's, it's, it's essentially the same argument that I've always had, especially documented on this podcast about white musical artists who will come into black culture and just become the biggest hits uh, of have the biggest hits with us of all time. And, you know, they change up their hair and they, you know, add a little bit more slight edge and aggression to them. And then after, and basically just like make up all of this money and fame and stardom utilizing our beats, our, you know, drums, our sounds. And mm-hmm. and then as they get older, they look back and they're just like, oh, no, I actually, those days are gone. I want to go a whole different way. And either it goes mad successful and they just fuck off away from black culture, just all the goodwill that they had, just take it with them and just say, oh, nope, I already got what I wanted. And, and they fuck off. Forever. Or, or they stay around too long and they become Justin, uh, uh, not Justin Timberlake, Justin Bieber. Oh. <laughs> and, his, and his uh, Grinch finger dread. But he did, Ooh. he did cut them off. I, I saw he cut them off, cut them off recently. Well, good for him. Thank good God. For him. Good for him. Good for good him for and him. good for the good earth. For us. Good for the earth. <laughs> and, and good for everyone not having to smell whatever cockamamie bullshit he put in his yeah. hair to make it look like that. But either way, mm-hmm. I definitely hear what you're saying. Um, I think that I personally do not want to see Justin Timberlake on that stage. Mm-hmm. And this is coming from somebody who legitimately, mm-hmm. as a tween and a teen girl, would, like, cry at the thought that I was, like, in love with him mm-hmm. and would never be able to, like... You would. You do seem like the type of person. Oh, completely. And, My, I, and I was also in love with him, too. I'm not I'm not shaming you. I'm I just mean, saying, like... I remember when he had this one cover on... I want to say might have been E.T. or, like, Teen Magazine. Mm-hmm. But he was, like... They had, like... It looked like they put, like, a filter on him, like a Valencia filter. Mm-hmm. His body was just, like, super glistening. Mm-hmm. He didn't have a shirt on. Mm-hmm. And How else would his body me, be glistening if he had a well, shirt on? <laughs> his arms could have been out. Why must you <laughs> literally poke holes? I wasn't poking things? holes. I anyway, was shush, adding context. I'm retelling re- you a story. <laughs> God. Anyway... Um, I was like, I was so enamored with this photo that I made it like all of the computers, like the, the shared family computer at my dad's house. Mm-hmm. I made it the background. So I know my dad would be doing work and it would be like a freaking shirtless picture of Justin Timberlake. Just didn't give a fuck. Or, I did not. I was you, in love. You really wanted to have a conversation with your dad. I was just in love with him. Like, honestly, up until, up until. I want to say very recently, mm-hmm. you really couldn't tell me anything about Justin Timberlake mm-hmm. that I wouldn't have tried to like justify. But- <laughs> Get it? <laughs> yes. 
but no. <laughs> no, it's just fine. It's um, fine. <laughs> I just feel like more in the more recent, what does say, last two years or so, mm-hmm. a lot more information has been coming out that I just cannot ignore. And I want to say it might have even really gotten solidified with the whole Britney doc mm-hmm. because I felt like, like we always had a bitter taste in our mouth because of what happened with Janet. Yeah, of course. But first. The Britney doc came out. Yeah, which we discussed on this podcast on a few episodes ago. And then I saw some kind of his responses to that, which I thought were bullshit. We also discussed it, too. Continue. And then I think we might have also discussed the part where he was, like, liking people's tweets um, from his his personal account Mm -hmm. about, like, the whole Janet situation and, Mm -hmm. like, how it was just, like, it seemed very shady. Excuse me. So, like, to me, I don't think that he is a... I think he is a culture vulture. He might be a more talented one, like, who I think, you know, he's very attractive, he's very talented, he can sing, he can dance. Yeah. But I have no more, like, goodwill for him. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I have this theory that, like, I feel like it's going to be my doctoral thesis or something, Mm -hmm. that um, men... And white people mm-hmm. are treated like two-year-olds. And this is what it is. When a two-year-old does something as simple as clap their hands after someone performs, mm-hmm. everyone goes crazy, mm-hmm. right? And so men and white people get that sort of praise mm-hmm. for literally doing the bare minimum. Yeah, A man actually... Stays at home and mm-hmm. takes care of his children while his wife, who was like way smarter and had a way better job, mm-hmm. goes to work and he's applauded as a super dad. Yeah, it's yeah, a it's, white I, man. Yeah. No, no, you literally, I get it. Like jiggle on the beat, and it's like we literally just had that reverse example of that with Simone Biles. It's just like white people can't do like extraordinary things, but we're penalized. Meanwhile, it's literally just called white mediocrity. Yeah, white people can literally simply just go up into the system. And just, like, do the most basic bitch things. And, yes, I call it a basic bitch shit because, uh, A, I'm, it's no longer Lent and I can curse. And I'll still do push-ups because I look great. But also, as you just said, it's literally just the most basic stuff. They can't, like, rise to the occasion. They can't, like, be mad, like, skilled or hone their, be top of their or anything like that based on skill alone it's just hey it's just you know what i was able to uh uh clap my hands snap my fingers and wear a uh jerry carroll cornrow <laughs> thing on my head and now all of a sudden i am shaking ass with two chains in the music video. i mean i think it's that like white supremacy has mm-hmm. done such a not and this is not saying that, like, oh, black people only love white people, like, love things because white people said yes. But it's so much that, like, what? when... Unpack that sentence. I Sorry. It's black not that... People, it's not that black people are only excited about white people enjoying our things because it's like a white person enjoying it makes it great. No, not at all. However, mm. I think that we get so surprised because of how white people literally treat anything that has to do with like non-whiteness, specifically non-Anglo-Saxonness. Because yeah. anytime, if if you're any why other are you type over of white, here? Why would you be over here? We're we're doing 
we're doing dope shit with the very minimum of shit that we have. Why are you over here? That's surprising, essentially, right? No, more so it's just that, like, you have majority of white people condemn the bare minimum things that we, anything that we have. Mm -hmm. So the fact that a white person's here, it is, yes, why are you here? Mm -hmm. But it's like, okay, well, you're trying to, like, come and and enjoy um, our culture. You're trying Mm -hmm. to understand who we are. You are, um, you are... You have appreciation for who we are. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't I want to like enjoy that with you? Yeah. However, since since white people have not allowed us to to be like, oh yeah, come and let enjoy this food that we have. Mm-hmm. Why? Because you're gonna give us fucking smallpox blankets mm-hmm. and be super ungrateful mm-hmm. and commit genocide. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like when you see like Sam Whiteout, who's the white kappa. Like and now, there's nothing wrong with him. I have never seen him say anything problematic. He's mm-hmm. very super. Um, he went to an HBCU and that's where he became a kappa. Yeah, and he always seems to be very woke and understanding the issues. And it's like, yeah, you went to an HBCU. If you wanted to join a fraternity, like that's a D nine okay. is what there is. Mm-hmm. Um, but as much as he understands the culture and and tries to be, you know, a quote unquote ally. Mm-hmm. Whenever you see white people in B9 organizations, mm-hmm. they get uplifted and famous, kind mm-hmm. of, because all they can, they can shimmy, yeah. you know, or, you know, they can ha- hold up the dynasty sign real well. Right. And now people are looking at them as them like, oh, they're so cool. When reality is, when you look at their whole line. They were just average. They're they- just average. They're not even the best line. They're not even the best, like, stepper or anything yeah. on their line. They stick it? out like a sore thumb, and therefore that's where all the attention goes. Um, You know, just, hey, just, it's a, you know, white mediocrity is just literally just being uplifted by essentially just doing nothing and being white. But there we, you go. We don't what are you going to do? Uh, what are you going to do? But we don't need Justin to be on the verses. Yes. He's not allowed in that sacred black space. Exactly. And I'm not even going to hazard uh, whom he would go up against because I don't care. I really don't care. <laughs> and uh, that is justified to me. <laughs> okay. Oh, brother, this guy stinks! I wish you could really appreciate the drop that I just did. But either way, that's been pop culture section. I am a little bit parched, and I think we should take a quick break. Awesome. All right, uh, we will be right back. You're listening to the Black and Snurdy Podcast. It was... Love at first sight, I know, from the way she looked at me, her eyes said it all, days and nights we spent. Until she dropped the bomb on me. <laughs> when she said that she was unhappily married with children. And I wish I never met her at all. Even though I love her so, she got love for me. Mm-hmm. But she still belongs to someone else. I have a quick question about one of the lyrics. Uh, he says, was unha- uh, 
when she said that she was unhappily married with children, is it that she's unhappily married and she also has children or she's unhappily married and unhappily a mother? <laughs> I think the way it's that, that it's she's unhappily married. But wait, but time out. I don't hear anything else in there. And do you not recall the video? Do you not remember how happy she was with her kids? Oh man, this isn't like a this isn't like a Drew Hill situation where we watched the music videos before we started recording. I uh, I vaguely remember he was wearing a thick wool turtleneck because that's yeah. what everybody was wearing back then. Probably she was in the park mm. playing with her kids. They're having a great time. That's when he found out that she was no, unhappily married. When, that she had told him that before, but like this, when he says the whole thing about mm. she told him she was unhappily married with children. Mm. I think either at that moment or right after, yeah. I remember he like sees her at the park. With the kids and her husband. How long were they talking that he fell in love with her and she Listen, at no point had a ring or even the shadow of a wedding ring? I think that in the video, I want to say in the music video, <laughs> she like is always hiding it or something. I don't know. I haven't seen that video in like 20 years. I don't so know. It, I really cannot tell you. I guess this brings up a really good question. Can you fall in love with somebody if you don't have any contact with their uh, hand at all? Because I feel like... <laughs> If you're you're holding a hand, you can feel kind of yeah, like the indentation the person, of a ring that the used to be there. Always like. takes it off. Yeah. I mean, I wear rings several. Sometimes I wear rings every day. Sometimes I don't. But if, that's the point. But oh. I think that someone you would have to be that would have to be something that you were like really really looking for to be like, ooh, I wonder if your finger feels extra. Pruny today because you had a you ring on. You have been in a situation when you're both laying there and you're doing that fun thing where, like, y'all uh, touch each other's hands or caress each other's hands. And if you don't, then that's that's not a judgment for me to cast. Uh, I just feel like you could probably figure that shit out. I don't. Th I think <laughs> that unless you have had how long were they dating? A situation where that may have been an issue. I just don't think people in the when you're in that early stages where it's all like love and freaking rainbows. Mm. I don't think that that's something that you've been thinking about. Her hand. And, if, and honestly, I would say that generally women are better at, che at cheating than men. Yeah. And will probably make, like, if there was something that, like, oh, maybe he would think about this, they would be thinking, we'd be thinking about it to be like, oh, I want to make sure I don't do that so that my cover's not blown. Um. So, yeah. I think that I really, I want to rewatch the video, but I want to say, they had something where she was like showing that she was hiding her ring. Sure. Either way, uh, we're back. From outer space. That's right. Turn around now. With that said, look upon your face. I thought I'd change that stupid lock. I thought I'd made you give back your key. If I would have thought for just one second, you'd be back to bother me. Oh, now go. Go out the door. Don't turn around now. Because you're not welcome anymore. All right. I, I haven't done that in a very long time. I know. I needed to get it out. I just wish you could hear what I was hearing just now as you were doing it. That's all I wish. And no, it's not even for the reason that you're sitting there with that face. I don't thinking. know what reason it is. I'm just, okay. I was just singing. Well, yeah. Anyhow, uh, we did catch some of it. So <laughs> it's now time, I think, for us, especially since we haven't either really had a discussion since you came back from vacation, nor have we really, you know, talked about it before we even started recording. But uh, here we go. It's Watch Out, Watch out Now. 
quick section where we talk about pop culture stuff that usually it's stuff that we watch together. But since you've been on vacation, you've been watching and listening to some stuff. I've been watching, listening to some stuff. Uh, let's go real quick, tit for tat. Uh, what did you get to see in the last month since we recorded? Well, I have been, of course, going into my regular uh, scheduled programming, which is Grey's Anatomy and Law and Order SVU. Um, and so a few things that I've like recently either started or finished. I finished The Good Place. Yes. I am currently watching the show on Netflix called Special. Mm-hmm. And I've watched the first episode of a new Netflix show called High on the Hawk. Ooh. Oh, and the last one, which was also a super surprise, that I watched, started watching on the, the plane uh, to California was We Are Here. Okay, so uh, of the of the three, tell me, hit me with two of them. Let me see which ones are you like enamored with the most out of those three. Uh, I mean, they're all kind of really different. Mm-hmm. Um, High on the Hog is about uh, basically this black guy is traveling to Africa, and I think he's going to be in Americas as well. Mm-hmm. And he's basically like tying the our that foods across the African diaspora. Of what like things that we ate in on the continent, things that we ate during the transatlantic slave trade, and all that. Is and this uh, is this a reality show or is this? Yeah, it's reality. Okay, so yeah. um, it's kind of like someone tried to describe it as like an Anthony Bourdain, but honestly, now I want to say I do like this show, mm-hmm. but I I've only watched one episode, but I feel like I'm not getting that charm, that Anthony Bourdain charm from this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, like he's he's cute, he has nice teeth. Um, I want to say his voice is interesting for the for the content mm-hmm. that we're getting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm gonna keep with it because I do. I feel like the historical information, like on the first episode, they went to the point of no return in Benin, mm-hmm. which I think is really important. Um, for all people, all people of the diaspora, to really like ta- be tapped into things like this because I feel like these are the type of shows that are going to be ending the stupid diaspora wars that we're always getting. Um, and then, uh, special is about Ryan O'Connell's story about this guy who has cerebral, a gay guy with cerebral palsy mm-hmm. and, um, him like navigating his life, trying to be more independent, mm-hmm. which is really dope. And the good place I had honestly <clears throat> started watching it when it first came out mm-hmm. and completely fell off. So it's only been recently during, um, quarantine that I came back and started really watching it again mm-hmm. and realized how much I loved it. And then I watched the final piece, which was really good. It was really smart. It made me sad that it's gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish there was some way that they could kind of come back uh, from all those, be- what was it, Baramies? <laughs> yeah, I'll, uh, yeah uh, come back from the Jeremy Baramies. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those are the three shows. Uh, what about you? What have you been watching? Okay, so... Okay, mine is a little bit more spread out, and uh, at least one of them I would really like. For anybody who's listening, I highly recommend you watch Final Space. It comes on Saturday nights uh, as part of, I believe, the Adult Swim portion on Cartoon Network, or even if you have access to the Adult Swim app. It is a high sci-fi comedy with like more action leanings than just straight up comedy 
And the reason why I'm highly uh, supporting it, one, I, I do love the humor. I The first season, it's a little bit finding its footing type thing. But ever since the second season, like it's story driven, it goes into high gear. A lot of the concepts are great. And it's, the storytelling is so well done as far as character development and as far as like overarching long form storytelling of like creating this world, creating this mythos, creating well-rounded characters. It's really great. But of course, with a lot of animations that are um, animated series that are story driven and aren't just like you could drop into one random episode and, you know, you could follow everything like that. It's likely that it's just going to have three seasons and then it will be, you know, canceled. I say if anybody watches, I would say you could start first season. I would even say you should start uh, at the very beginning of the second season because that's when everything comes into place and that's where everything clicks into gear. Uh, I would I would highly recommend you uh, going to watch it and supporting it online, tweeting about it so that more story driven animated series that are aimed more at uh, adults, older teenagers, you know, the freaking 21 to 35 demos, what have you, that all marketing people are aiming for. I say support them because otherwise we're going to get a lot of just dumbed down nonsense and they have their place in animation, but... We need a wider range of various types of stories that only animation can tell. So that's my recommendation. I'm also watching wrestling. AEW on Wednesday <laughs> nights. AEW Dynamite on Wednesday nights. Uh, currently one of the better wrestling uh, divisions or wrestling brands. It's an alternative to WWE. Most of that stuff is just sloppy nonsense but the athletes the wrestlers the performers the talent are top-notch a lot of the best like long-term again I'm just I don't know if you could tell I'm, a, I'm into long-term storytelling yes I, I'm into character development I'm not into just like you know dumbed down nonsense so AW Dynamite I'm watching that on a weekly basis it's fantastic if you're into animation or if you're into wrestling boom I've got you covered uh I also much like you finished The Good Place. And now I am finishing the last season of Kim's Convenience. Oh, I have, I, I've been hoarding Kim's Convenience. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm more like, I have a last, a few more episodes of that to finish. I also got to catch up. Well, I might be a little bit, I might be a few episodes behind now, mm -hmm. but this is us. Um, I feel like I've caught mm -hmm. up for the majority of that. Because mm -hmm. um, while I was in California and I started watching The Magicians again. Mm -hmm. And actually, the Magicians, I thought was going to be too scary for me to watch by myself, but it's actually not that really? bad. Really? Yeah, because but sometimes... it's on like TNT. Yeah, but no, it's not, I don't think whatever, it's not TNT. Whatever it is, they get really graphic on Netflix with that. So even if it's a, whatever they do it, they get really graphic and gory sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like we watched a guy get his eyes blown out and a woman's heart ripped out. Like, and this is on The Magicians? Yeah. Um, so I've been watching that. I did start that new show, Jupiter's Legacy, mm -hmm. and... You're right, it aired on sci-fi. Um, yeah, and sci-fi shows are always very, like, when they can be, they're super boring. I um, don't, I don't necessarily, I feel like, uh, sci-fi shows, they, like, sci-fi movies tend to be more of the gory type, uh, especially, like, when they were 
was I feel like it was sci-fi who went down that whole road of shark tornado. Yeah, like, that was them. So gory that it was campy. But whereas some of the actual sci-fi shows, they do that, they skirt the line where it's just like somebody's head got exploded, but they never actually show it. They just imply it type stuff. Yeah, I know that that's your Netflix, genre of choice. Once you're on Netflix, you can kind of pretty much do more. So I think that was what opened them up. But it's like, it's a really good show. Mm. I, I mean, I... It's from a Neil Gaiman book. But mm. I, or is it, wait, is it Neil Gaiman? I might be confusing it. Either way, um, I have actually the books here. Um, no, by Lev Grossman. Thank you, Lev Grossman. Yeah, Neil um, Gaiman, I feel like that's the, the American that, Gods. American Gods, yeah. Um, but I do want to read it. I want to say, so, and I, this is a funny story. Well, not funny story. Yeah, just, it's a story. I'll um, be the judge if it's funny. I have gotten all, I think I have all three books in the series Mm -hmm. from my book adventures when I walk around Brooklyn. Mm. So uh, it's one of my Brooklyn books. Mm -hmm. And um, I, but I haven't like had a chance to read them. I have a lot of books, obviously, as you know. Of course. Um, So I haven't read it yet, but I'm curious to read it because I want to see if like some of the um, characters, if they're still in the book. Um, and how their character development is there compared to being on the show because some of the things on the show are a little bit, they're a little, they get a little spicy. I mean, it is definitely not like a kid's magic book. Like, I feel like it's an adult Harry Potter just with the way that the scenes, like the way that the scenarios are. So it's like a, like a more, a slightly more mature YA. So it's like, it's just, it's a, oh, a, mm, it's O Y A older, younger no, I think adult. It's adult. So it's just adult. so then it's just adult. It's, I never said it was. You said it's like oh more, more mature Harry Potter, and I'm and yeah. I'm just talking about for the fact that it's like magical. They're in a school, but it's about okay. So it's, it's Harry Potter esque. All right, so it's 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 a it's a fantasy sort of yeah. genre. Okay, it's sci-fi. There you go. All right, I think we should take another quick break and then come back. Sure. Wrap this whole thing up. All right, brb. You're listening to the Black and Snurdy Podcast. I want to know what during this time period in the last three weeks has gotten under your skin, annoyed you, irked you, bothered you. What's grinding you? Um, I have three things. The first two are going to be short. Okay. So one thing that's pissing me off. Okay. Is that. The United States finally declassified this super secret document about UFO sightings that the Air Force or whatever. I feel like they were in the Air Force or the Navy that they saw these videos of like all these different unidentified flying objects zipping around, going in the water and doing all these little death dives that nobody's playing in any part of the world knows how to do. And they finally came out with this damn report and they're just like, we cannot conclude that there are or, or there are not um, inter- interstellar people or like aliens mm-hmm. or whatever. Advanced. Advanced species. Mm-hmm. What I want to say is we already know that there's somebody out there. Okay. For one, you cannot be so egotistical to believe that you are the only person to be in a literal like a galaxy amongst amongst galaxies. And that doesn't necessarily mean that w- there's whatever our sci-fi movies are se- telling us about people in space, that they ha- they all look different or they have all these magical powers or anything like that. 
But just for the fact that, like, yeah, there could be other people out there in other, whatever way people, uh, there could be other beings out there that have technology to come visit us. Whether or not they're going to interact, probably not, because they see how fucking assholey we are to each other. So why would they? Um, just say what it is. We know it's out there. And honestly, I just cannot wait. I don't want the time that we have a discussion about aliens to be when they are at our front door in the sky and then they're debating about, well, what are we going to do with them? Because my thing is, I don't believe you need to be a shoot first, ask questions later person. I think that you are, it should be like an observe, let's send a delicate situation out. Because if somebody can fly a plane or a, uh, unidentified flying object to our planet and be able to like get through our atmosphere and all that shit that our play our rockets barely can do at times i'm not trying to get make them angry by shooting them because that just don't make no damn sense um so i feel like we need to just tell people this thing now they can get it into their heads and then we can make a plan so when they finally decide they have matured enough for us to come over there and say hello to them, then we will be prepared and we will not be scared. And we can, you know, just, I want it to feel like a smooth transition versus a hellfire apocalypse that, uh, you know, turns into World War Three. Sure. Um, okay, that's the one thing. I yes. I was annoyed by that. That is the one thing. Wait, no, I have two more. No, I know. I know. That's why I'm saying that's the one thing. Oh, okay. I'm just teeing you up for the next thing. Oh, all right. You said it like I wanted to know. All right, anyway. So, this one is far less, um, interesting. Well, not interesting, but like, I guess a good-natured problem. Uh, this teacher in a West, a Yonkers school was forcing or sorry not teacher principal was a female principal at a school in Yonkers like a prep school was making her um making her secretary take pictures of her like take sex pictures of her to send to her when a man when a woman is married and she's messing with someone else are they called a mister like the way that it's a mistress? I think it's a mister. I refer to him as a side dick. <laughs> okay, well, she was making her do these things. And um, it's a magnet school. A Robert C. Dodson school in the Yonkers. And uh, so the principal's name was Evelina Medina. And the woman that she made take these pictures of her and receive pictures from her lover, her was named Giselle Vasquez. And it was just really shitty because she was making her do all this. Other people in the um, school were sexually harassing her, like assistant, vi- assistant principals and assistant vice principals. Um, were, uh, like one of them kissed her, which is really inappropriate. Um, she And like they were just being really gross. Uh, she's suing them, though. So I hope she wins every penny. But it just grinds my gears that she even, the fact, I feel like that what made me really annoyed in the story was that she went to HR 
so many times, and all HR did was basically make her life a living hell because they um, didn't do anything. She was literally saying, hey, this is what they're doing to me, and, like, they would basically pass her letters off and just be like, oh, sorry, or thanks, or whatever. And even though knowing that the principal, when she found out she was... um, trying to, like, switch to another school, purposely went to that principal and was like, don't hire her, she's bad. Knowing that she wasn't. She just wanted to continue having her there to, like, be her little uh, scapegoat or whatever for her sex sexual dalliances. Um, that was fucked up. But I, I hope that she sues the whole school district and gets enough money to pay for her kids, all three of her kids, I think she has three kids, child tuition. Um, the last thing that was grinding my ears is something that it feels like it's something out of a fucking movie, but, um, I think I told you Mercury's retrograde, and during that time, communications, you know, shitty, sometimes news stories break that are, like, um, completely, like, crazy news you would not have expected, um, you just never know, so it's a time where sometimes chaos can reign. And, of course, uh, Ellie Kemper, who you would know from The Office and The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, uh, she has been outed as um, a, she was like the queen of this, she was a beauty queen of this St. Louis secretive veiled profit ball in 1999. Um, And apparently, the Veiled Profit Ball was affiliated with the local KKK for a very long time, and I think they didn't even let black people join this group until 1979, which is like, why would I want to join there? But, I mean, they're Ben Carson's every, at every time timetable. Ta- um, so people have been founding this out, and now they are just kind of ripping into her. Um, now, it's interesting because it's like, yeah, at 19 she did this, um, so... Can we say that she's still that same person? I don't know, but I definitely think that it makes me kind of look at the shows and her characters differently. Um, And I think what grinds my gears is that people kind of just want to... They don't want to just say the truth about what this group is. They keep trying to say, no, it's no big deal, like, or she was just 19. But at the end of the day, like, a lot of those people who were at fucking Capitol... Some of them were in their young 19, 20, 21. There are people who are right now who are, like, training to be a part of these QAnon uh, white supremacist groups who are 16, 17. And and I am not someone to say that people cannot learn how to change because I think they definitely can when they are introduced with information that they can digest and, you know, mature to learn more things than what they've just been told all their lives. But that's still difficult unless you've had those experiences. Um, So I just feel like it's really shitty that I can't have one white woman that I enjoy without there being some fuck shit to come out that makes me not want to, like, love any of their stuff anymore. It's really upsetting me and my homegirls. Because I love, I love Kimmy Schmidt. 
I literally have just been rewatching the last season and doing that whole, I'm on the last episode where you do the whole, like, build the story or whatever, and it's so fun. And it's like, is who knows why she was the queen or whatever. It could have been they give you a, a scholarship and she was going to Princeton. So, like, yeah, why not take the money? Maybe, but, maybe she was the one who was the most pale. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. It's just, you know, I think that on one hand, I feel as if we all have old posts that we have up. Like, I personally, I don't know if I would ever go and, like, scrub my uh, social media from tweets because I've gotten memories um, of things that I wrote or that I were tagged in that were hella problematic but at the time, whether like most of them, I was like twenty five and under. It was like I didn't realize how problematic they were, and now I would never say anything like that or think something like that. But at the time, I was still ignorant to X. Um, and so, do people have the ability to grow? Yes, because if we didn't. I personally would not be able to grow. And maybe I didn't have that far to go because I grew up in a very progressive space and open-minded and always willing to, like, learn and, and find out what other people are going through. But I just feel like I hate that I white supremacy always can fucking intercept some shit in my life that I really enjoy... And now I have to be, like, looking at what I, this, you know, even now that the office is tainted. <laughs> like, you know, and there's, not to say that she wasn't, like, my, my main favorite character or something on the show. But it's just, like, am I still going to watch the shows? I would say probably. Or, no, I would definitely still watch the old, like, Kim, Unbreakable Commitment and um, The Office. Am I going to want to run to something she's doing new, even though I know it's going to probably be good because she's a, I feel like she's a good uh, storyteller. And I like the things that she makes. They're pretty quirky and different. Um, but I will, in my mind now, I have to then think about this thing. And I want her, honestly, to come out and say, this, was, this to me is one of those times where you just come out and say, I was a part of this thing. Or I said X at that time. I did not realize what I know now and why it was so hurtful and et cetera and how it aided in these things. I feel like if you are a genuine, honest person and you actually want to do better and be better to the people around you, that you are going to want to acknowledge and be accountable for the fact that you saying that thing you doing that thing could hurt people and not want to let them be back in your space anymore. But you're at least willing to like learn and not just, um, and not just pretend that it didn't happen. Uh, because that's what you were literally always learning how to be with one another. So it only makes sense that we're going to fuck up sometimes, especially if how we, interact with people that we may never have known before is our only idea is coming from what we are seeing being portrayed in media because that's usually how most people are getting their first glimpse into any sort of anything 
that they have never experienced. Um, but that was that was it. It just I just was annoyed about that because you know, right. I just want to be able to binge watch funny TV without thinking about fucking white supremacy. It's just it's just so insidious. Well, you know, okay, that's understandable. Uh, as for me, as far as the things is grinding me, um, I, I slightly alluded to this. As far as my medication is concerned, uh, it's doing a really good job of helping me when it comes to addressing. Here's a little thing about me. I have grown up in an environment in which I had to, as a survival tactic, understand what my flaws were in relation to everyone around me. I had to figure out, like, if I was annoying, if I was loud, if I was obnoxious, if I was any of the negative things that a lot of people attribute to somebody that they don't want around or don't want in their life. Now, partially, it was because of all of my flaws being pointed out. It partially was because of some level of anxiety in me, like just being self-conscious about things. But either way, it's led to me growing up into a self-aware person of various degrees, depending on my development. Sometimes, like in my 20s, it led me into being self-aware in a way where I used it as a weapon of being like, oh, I'll turn up the charm or like, oh, I want to get out of the scenario. I'll be the loudest person in the world. Or it'll be like, I want everybody to understand that I'm going to be my most unabashed self, quite frankly, and therefore just be the loudest, vibrant, most person who's ever been a person ever in the world. But... With every stage of my being, there has been a level of self uh, analysis. There's been a level of self awareness. There's been a level of being able to figure myself out as far as what my flaws are. And because of that, I could see the flaws through the flavors of every single person that I know, both in my life and strangers and just people that I see on the side of the road and can just make an observation and kind of guess based on certain movements and just, like, personalities. Like, you can make a generality about a lot of things, and I know you shouldn't, but as a survival technique, I've had to had to sort of figure out and fine-tooth that. That's a long way of saying that, you know what, Medication has been helping me address the fact that I find most people fucking annoying on one level or another just because I can see everybody's fucking flaws. I'm not saying I'm better than anyone. I'm not. I throw myself in there at the same time. Everyone's annoying. Everyone's obnoxious. I'm not I'm not a great people person, and that includes myself. It's not a thing of self-loathing. It's just a thing of being self-aware of every single flaw that's underneath the sun but when it comes to it and i will say my medication has been helping me to not immediately jump on things or to just let things slide or to pacify things turns out you can actually just get to a point where you're just moving on by just not addressing things in a sarcastic way or like pointing things out in order to like you you think me specifically thinks I'm just like, oh, let me just 
uh, you know, cut through the tension with a thing that addresses the thing, but that just leads to more conversation, which is the opposite of the thing that I wanted to do in the first place. <laughs> so now it's just literally like, okay, that thing exists, move on, because it doesn't, it literally means very little in the grand scheme of things to me. Uh, it annoys the shit out of me, and I don't like it, but it's literally not worth anything other than actions to get away from that thing. But the one thing I wanted to zoom in on is it's still social distancing. I know that Cuomo said that there are no longer mass <laughs> mandates. And I know that people are starting to come out of the woodworks. No one knows who's fully masked up. I'm, 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 you're half masked up. I'm full masked up. Masked up, vaxxed up. That's the way you finish the rest of the words in that, okay? But I'm ha I'm I'm full vaxxed up. You're half vaxxed up. I'm going with you to get your vaccine. I don't know who is vaxxed up. I can tell who's not maxed up. So if you're not masked up, don't come like no one come near me. <laughs> That's the thing that I've said on this podcast before. I don't want strangers to approach me. We were at a park today. Me, Odie. And a mutual friend of ours from Howard. Ain't you? You know. We're having a conversation. It's a private conversation. Odie is telling an anecdote about an encounter that she has on a train. We're saying it loudly because me and Odie are collectively the loudest things that exist in the fucking universe. Okay? It's like, true. we just are. And that is what it is. And, it, and, I, and, I, and that's what I lean into. Because if I'm going to get to uh, tinnitus in one ear because of myself. Everyone else is getting it too. It doesn't even matter, right? But we're just having this conversation. It's loud, but it's not so obnoxious because everybody else is like six feet away from us in the park. We're beaming in the middle of the sun, but everybody else is spread out. This motherfucker comes up to us and just like somehow weasels his way in with like the absolute worst pickup line ever i'm not repeating any of it i'm not repeating any of the details because it doesn't matter do not approach me in any way i don't care if it's like ooh, hu ooh, like black love Ooh, uh i agree with you don't come near me do not come near me i don't know you i very i barely let people that i know come close to me and even then you better have a free drink for me and a metal straw because that's the only way I'm going to accept it. Also, you better have been wearing gloves and I watched you get the drink. I watched the bartender make the drink and at no point did any contact because you know how bartenders will like just grab plastic yeah. straws with their dirty ass. Yeah. You know, this is this is post COVID era now. I'm paying attention to exactly what the bartenders are doing. If they're touching all of those straws and then just throwing them in the drink, it's like, oh, it's alcohol, it washes. No, but the part that you didn't put in the alcohol <laughs> is the part that's gonna be on my mouth. So no, it's disgusting. Don't come near me. Don't come close to me. Social distance, okay? So that is, that's the thing that's frustrating me. So, but that's the thing that grinded me. Having said all of that, everything is not all doom and gloom. I think we should I think we should work our way into the things that made us happy during this time period. I'm the baby merchant. Tots are us. I give you all the service and no damn fuss. Give the baby merchant just a week or two. 
I feel bad that you don't have headphones to be able to appreciate that song. And um, it's unfortunate. But anyhow, what's been making you happy the last few weeks? All right. So I'm going to play something that I saw today that made me really happy. Um, it's Cat Williams. He's on Joe Budden's show, who's super problematic. And I can't help the fact that that's where he was on. But his answer was very good. What so was the basically, question? Basically... Um, Joe Budden was asking Cat Williams about cancer, cancel culture, mm-hmm. and this was his response. And once you once you are done with the response, if you could just sort of like elaborate a little bit as to why this made you happy, okay? Yeah, sure, of course. Oh, without without a uh, judgment and repercussion from cancel culture. Or if you or ask all of culture. the people that didn't make it to the NBA. If you ask them if we just lowered the goal down another foot, <laughs> they will all tell you they make it. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Nobody likes the out of bounds, but the out of bounds got to be there or you'll run up in the stands. Right. Mm. So some of these things are for the benefit of everything. Nobody likes the speed limit, but it's necessary. Nobody likes the shoulder of the road, but it's there for a reason. Mm-hmm. My, my point is, um, weren't all that extremely funny back when they could say whatever they wanted to say. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the day, there's no cancel culture. Cancellation doesn't have its own culture. That was people of color. That was us policing our own culture. That was people without a voice being trashed by people just because they had a bigger name than them and more money than them and a better office than them they could sweep them up under the rug like they didn't matter i don't know what people we think got canceled that we wish we had back i don't even know who though who are they mm. it, it's done for the reasons it's done for and it helped who it helped um if all that's going to happen is we have to be more sensitive in the way that we talk isn't that what we will want anyway I'm saying your job as a comedian is to please the most amount of people with your art. So if you want to offend somebody, nobody took those words away from you. Mm-hmm. Dirty bitch ain't been taken away. You can say that, but <laughs> don't call somebody this word when you know this affects all of these people. Don't use the R word when you really mean people on the spectrum. Don't mm-hmm. don't say yeah. this word instead of saying autistic. Don't say this word instead of saying little people. Look, if these are the confines that keep you from doing the craft God put you to, then That's it probably ain't for you. You're telling us Mm. Okay, so um, I really love this one because Cat Williams in the video, he was doing like a Zoom home video. He looked really, uh, in the video, um, he looked really healthy. Mm-hmm. And um, I always love that because I think that Cat Williams is really, really funny and he's had some challenges in the last few years. But um, I always love seeing him look really good. Shout out to Cat Williams. But also, um, I think in general, what he said was very true. If you are a comedian... Not even if you're a comedian. If you are a literal person and you cannot just do the bare minimum of respecting what someone says they don't want to be called or they do want to be called, you have to really check yourself. 
Because what is it about any person in this world, regardless of how much money they make, how powerful they are, that they should not be adhering to our basic human dignity? Even if you think it's silly, it doesn't matter. Because it's not you. If I right now were going to order sliced watermelon with yellow mustard on it, that's a TikTok trend I've been seeing, and it sounds ridiculous, but are those people not free to eat their watermelon with yellow mustard? Do I know how it tastes? No. Would I taste it? Maybe. Who knows? Do I think it sounds really weird and probably disgusting? And maybe I'll be disappointed if I do try it. Yeah, sure. But at the end of the day, that they are allowed to do that because they are, it's like, it's just not that big of a deal. And it also doesn't impact me. So I think that when I hear a, a person of Cat Williams, um, I would say magnitude, because regardless of like how. Um, kind of underrated I think that he's been the last few years I think he is someone that people still listen to and that comedians coming up will um, pay attention to I'm grateful for him saying that because I think that's only going to make people you know actually try harder Um, I know you always use that term punching down and I think that in general like we don't have to punch down in any way to be um, to be funny um or to like give ourselves confidence but I feel like in our culture we have always kind of been given this oppression olympics um here in America it's always like oh well you should be happy you're born healthy with 10 fingers and 10 toes and there's nothing quote-unquote wrong with you because that would be the worst thing on the earth versus like you know just happy to be born and alive and to like live your life and anything else is, like, something to be grateful for, but we shouldn't be. Um, it's not like someone, if you're able to walk and you're able-bodied, that's awesome. But someone in a wheelchair is still able to live as awesome of a life as you. But the way that our society always puts those any person outside of the quote-unquote normal as, like, an other and someone to be looked down upon, that's the only reason why certain terms are even uh, negative like again white supremacy keep drinking people it continues to contaminate every single thing that we do our regular basic human interaction you can't even interact with people the way you normally would because somehow white supremacy has fucked it up so that (laughs) brought me a lot of joy Yes, I could tell you are filled with joy. No, after but it all did because this. I thought that it was just like he made a very great point. Yeah, he did. People have been sharing it and seeing it, you know. And honestly, I feel like Joe Budden definitely needs to hear something like that. Right. With, with yes, all the he does. things that have been going on. Agreed. Throughout agreed. his musical career and agreed. most recently with we, his uh, co hosts. I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree with you. Um, I would also say that it speaks to just general accountability. That's my only pushback. Anytime somebody complains about quote unquote cancel culture, literally what they're quoting, what they're, uh, you know, sorry, literally all they're fighting back for every time is just like, I'm not coming at it with malice. I didn't mean it that way. They're always trying to cancel me because I, you know, I'm a good person. 
Here's my thing. It's just plenty simple. At some point in the long span of your life, you're going to the world is going to change. All can all quote unquote cancel culture or all any of these things are is to simply like bring to the forefront accountability. Hey, you said some stuff that may have been okay in 2010. That's not okay. 2020 doesn't mean you were like a horrible monster necessarily. It could just mean that like that was a sign of the times. The times are changing and that's different. Like, hey, if you are what you're saying and you're saying that I meant it in a different context or whatever, then okay, understandable and just do better. That's all this is. It's just a matter of just like pointing something out and doing better. All of that, like getting upset and being like, well, I'm not a bad person. Like I would never is the same thing that I would say all racists say It's just like, I'm not racist. I, and then as soon as you follow that up with, with some innocuous things, like, no, that's, that's racism. But to just summarize it and bullet point it, essentially, it's just about accountability. Just assume at some point on a long enough timeline, everybody ends up being weirdly on the wrong side of history Uh, at some point. Not purposefully, just in a long enough timeline, 20 years from now, kids are probably going to look back at us and be like, oh, shit. They used to say this. That's not good. And then they pointed out, okay, move forward, evolve, change, be accountable, and then keep it pushing. doesn't even have to be a whole thing. That's yeah. at least my thing. That's I mean, my thing. And I think that people need to recognize with the internet, this means now before, let's just talk about even just on the race, idea, uh, race issues. At first, we only really ever talked about mainly in the issues of racism, it was like black and white, and then you had like Latino and white, but so many other uh, demographics were kind of ignored, in Amer- and specifically in America, I can't say for everyone else, because we had something that was huge here called da 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 slavery. So like obviously that's going to be the thing that is the main tip of like on everyone's mind because it was so blatant and everyone saw it as time went on and there was different type of racism happening they weren't it wasn't that they weren't there it was just that that was not what was going to be talked about mostly because one those groups of people were was they didn't have the same amount as black people in this country and it took for them being able to get into places of power to be able to say, hey, yes, the, and not only being in places of power, but also being able to say what's going on without getting pushback. Mm-hmm. Now you could have literally people from any and every demographic saying, well, X is problematic because this and and people being able to hear it. So we're literally going to p- have to constantly think about how we talk about and understand everything and is that is that something that's tedious? Sure. But at the end of the day, we are living in a global society and you it would be impossible for you to understand the the idiosyncrasies of literally all these nations and states. So the more we get people the more we're going to be interacting with people and learning about these different things, we're going to have to change our mind and recognize like you don't just have to study about 
maybe a culture when you're going on a trip there. But when you see something, like, you're going to have to do a little bit more digging. And if someone calls you out on something, just like, as you said, be accountable. Because I think that we also have to put the idea of restorative justice. And I've been reading... um, Marima Cabe's book, um, I think that doing doing this till we're free, I believe is the title. I might be a little off on it. I'll put it in the notes. But it's basically about restorative justice and um, abolition. And I think that all of these things are even you have for us to think about abolition on a greater scale. We have to think about the restorative justice that we have in these smaller moments. How can we do better after we fucked up and how can the world actually allow you to repent and revitalize or re whatever, imagine who you are in this new space and not sit having to be forced into this box of whatever it could have been forever. But it's a, that is a group effort. It is not me. If I did something, I could, I had to be accountable and the world has to also be open-minded to let me back into the fray, but, like, I still have to do the work. And I think that's the thing that people are really going to have to be paying more closer attention to and just be mindful of things, which is why consuming media across the spectrum of your interests and things that are outside of your comfort zone are important because you'll be able to see, oh, this is what this person from this demographic that I'm not a part of and have no connection to feels about x so i should be mindful of that and i'm and i was really thinking about that this week when i was watching special uh the show on netflix because i think that it definitely uh touched on the way able-bodied people regardless of whether they have a invisible um disability or not can um sometimes interact with people who are not as able-bodied or have something that's more like a clearly visible thing that's different than other people. Um, And I think that we just have to always be mindful um, when we are around people that are different than us, not in a way of like pitying or anything like that, but just what taking a beat. And I know that might be hard, especially when you're neurodivergent because we are known to blurt, blurt things out. But I think that it's just like, it has to be a practice that you do or else you're never going to get good at it. Um, and yeah, but that was it. What about you? What made you happy? Yeah. Yeah. That was everything that made you happy this week. Uh, two things just real quick made me happy. One, if I'm being honest, taking this medication has been making me happy. I know I mentioned it earlier today, uh, or earlier in this segment alone about how, Look, normally people make me annoyed. I see uh, the flaws through the flavors of literally every single person. Friend, foe, family, another F word, all of y'all. Every single one of y'all. I see all of your flaws. But medication-wise, it has been helping me to just straight up say, you know what? You guys should probably be self-aware and either be comfortable with who you are as a person or work on all those things, or not work on those things. Like, who am I? I'm not no gatekeeper to tell you how to maximize yourself to be the best version of yourself or anything like that. I'm not some sort of, like, guru or anything like that. I'm just a dude who sees the things that you could be better at 
and the things that you personally just annoy me on or anything like that. So now it just it, it really does make me happy to sort of not have that sort of weight that I usually have as far as like wanting people to be like that. Like I'm in therapy and I want people to be their best selves because I care. Like I it's not a matter of not caring anymore because it is a matter of caring. It's a matter of granting the space for everyone else to do their own work as opposed to me. It's not my job at any given point whatsoever to point anything out or to say anything past if something uh, personally affects me. So it's so that actually just made me feel great. The second thing is that I dropped $9,000 to clear off a credit card and I am moving forward with a budget that will allow me to get my own place in a few months and I'm going to be more strict when it comes to what I'm paying for and the sort of expenses that I will be giving out as far as like helping people because I love people, help people out and everything like that. But I have a large goal when it comes to what I want in my near future and in my distant future. And now it seems actually attainable now that I've cleared off a whole wing of my debt. And I don't need anybody else's help to uh, address that or deal with that. And yeah, that's a really good feeling and a really good space to be in. That is dramatic reverb. And again, I really hope that we could find your headphones so that you can (laughs) so you can appreciate these drops. These drops are amazing. I'm going to assume you want an air horn. There we go. I I am feeling good when it comes to that so that's everything that made me happy this week and that's the entirety of the podcast i think we could just call it yes but i also want to say congratulations that's really amazing oh well thank you i appreciate that i literally am at my most happily efficient right now if that makes sense i am focused i know what i need to do and I am not being distracted by things that don't matter, if that makes sense. There's a lot of people who I care about, and there's a lot of feelings that I will take into account in moving forward. But the smaller, tedious stuff, people are people. You either understand or you you will just uh, create a direction for me to get to an actionable item and then just move past it. Anyhow... So I think that's it. If that's everything said, then that is just it. Thank you all for listening to this podcast. And yeah, we'll see y'all later, right? Yeah. Tell your friends. All right. Take it easy. Thanks for listening to the show. If you'd like to contact the podcast, you can reach us via email at blackandsnerdypodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok at Black and Snurdy Podcast, as well as on Twitter at Black and Snurdy. You can find me, Maurice, on all social media under the handle Licorice is Legit. That's L-I-C-O-R-I-S-H is Legit. And you can find me on Instagram. It's That's O-D-T-H-A-T-S-O-D dot E. And on Twitter, T-H-A-T-S-O-D underscore E. And don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe to us. Tune in next time to the Black and Snurdy Podcast, where snurds of a feather flock together. 
Remember? Bye. <laughs> no, this is keeping it. We're keeping this in. Don't forget to take your meds and your subs and drink water. Bye. Bye. I actually want to keep that. <laughs>